All right, we're here with another edition of the Pat and Jamie podcast, but this is not any old podcast anymore. It's not. No, we have officially been named a new and noteworthy podcast. I wonder who decided that. This is on iTunes. Yeah, we like won an award and we've been at it for like a day. <laughs> well, yeah, but I was scrolling through there. There's a lot of new and noteworthy. Well, I'm wondering if it's one of those every kid that plays in the tournament gets a trophy. <laughs> I think it might be a notch better than that. Well, that's what I was thinking, that I don't think everyone gets the new and noteworthy, but I think that we should take our little victories yeah. when we can. Yeah, so if you haven't subscribed yet, that's obviously a sign that you need to not just listen to this podcast, Yes, but subscribe to all of them. Right. So what we do is we do mini podcasts just after our workday sometimes. We also do podcasts like today where we're going to excerpt part of our live stage show from 92Y. Yeah, this is the second part of our November 19th show at 92nd Street Y. Yeah, and if you didn't listen to the first part, you don't necessarily, they don't have to go in order, but you should go back and listen to that because that was great with Chef Seamus Mullen. But today we have some exciting stuff too. We uh, will hear from Nick Sandow of Orange is the New Black and the new movie uh, in theaters starting last Friday, The Wannabe. Oh, and we had a really fun or funny conversation about subways with him because he loves subways. And I tagged you in an Instagram that he posted the other day mm-hmm. that was really funny. He was so excited that there was a poster for his movie in the subway. And so I wrote, oh, that's your favorite place. <laughs> he did not respond. Oh, well. But that's okay. Yeah. And, and we begin this excerpt with Caitlin Brodnick, who joined us to talk about life in New York. Listen in. Our next guest is here to tell a story. Caitlin Brodnick does this a lot. She's the co-creator of an all-female storytelling show at the Upright Citizens Brigade. And she's also a moth performer. Yes. Yeah, give it up for moth. Here with us to, to tell us her view of life in New York. Please welcome Caitlin Brodnick. Hiya! Oh, hi! So I moved to New York City for myself, but like really for a guy. <laughs> there was this guy and he was so cool. I mean, he is so cool, he's still alive. Um, he was just so smart and he was a feminist and he cared about women's feelings. So I was moving to New York City and I had a sublet in this exotic place called Astoria, Queens. I was like, what is this? I'll do it. So I was gonna move in with three other girls and they seemed super cool and one was kind of bookish and one was a model and I was like, we're just like sex in the city. This is gonna be the best time of my life. So before the sublet was ready, I stayed with this boy I really liked, Alan. And we were in Brooklyn, which was also ultra cool. And we all lived in a one bedroom that was, we all slept in the same bedroom. (laughs) And next to that bedroom was one bathroom. So when you're first dating somebody, you want to be exotic. You know, you want to be fresh, cute. You want to have your best self. And for me, my best self isn't when I go to the bathroom. (laughs) I don't know about you, but it's like not when I'm in my prime. So um, I was scared shitless. (laughs) I did not want to use the restroom when cool Alan was 
sleeping in the other room. So I only ventured um, a block around our apartment because I was a little nervous. I'm not great with numbers. Um, I'm a little dyslexic, so I just knew where we lived and then where I could use the restroom in a like two block radius. <laughs> but it's okay because it's New York City and things are going to change. I'm going to have new friends. I can't wait. So I was invited to a luau with these new cool girls from Astoria. Um, and I couldn't wait because... <laughs> I was gonna be able to take Alan to this new party with my new friends. And then we'd like make jokes and it would be so fun. So I had to pick out something to wear. I wanted to look very cool, um, but I also wear a lot of sequins and hot pink. And as soon as I moved to the city, I realized New Yorkers wear black. <laughs> so um, I had one dress, but it was like kind of smelly. Um, and then I had a gingham shirt, but gingham with my freckles make me look a little slow. Um, so it's, I don't believe in the stereotype, but I look a little, you know. Um, and so also, so this was 2007, which was the birth of the skinny jean. And it was also the beginning of the trend when people started to ask me if I was pregnant. <laughs> I'm not kidding. So girls, you know if you have a great new skinny jean, before they added lycra to them, you have to convince it to come up your thigh. And then by the time you've wrapped it around your waist, there's like a little like lovey muffin top. And at this point in my life, I was so in love, I gained 10 adorable pounds. <laughs> and that was Ben and Jerry and a little bit of Alan and some fried chicken and I was just so happy and living it up so I wore a flowy shirt um, and that's when people started asking me if I was pregnant and to be totally honest guys I'd rather look pregnant than like sad and fat <laughs> I know I know I'm such a trouble person but if you're pregnant that means somebody's had sex with you <laughs> you're creating a life so your life is worth something um, you're probably sober <laughs> and if you're super sweaty everybody knows why I was like, that would be great. Um, also, it was it was it was some adorable pounds I gained, but it was also some pounds by like sitting at home. I didn't have a job. I missed my mom. I had no friends. <laughs> that was also like under under that. So it wasn't like fun weight gain. It was also really sad. So, but this was gonna be different. So I put on the skinny jeans and then I put on a hoodie to look like I have a boyfriend and I can wear his things. <laughs> but it was my hoodie. It was my hoodie. Um <laughs> I put on some cool jewelry that I just bought off the street, you guys. Because <laughs> you can do that in New York. Um, and I open the door, and Alan looks at me, and he crinkles his nose, and he goes, huh, kind of Mr. T. And I was like, oh, my God. I was mortified. I burst into tears. Because, yeah, I looked ridiculous. I was in New York City for the first time. I didn't know anybody. I didn't know how to buy a skirt. I was lonely. I missed my mom. I missed my cousins. And I just start crying because the coolest person in the world saw directly through me and who I was. And it's not like a delicate single tear cry. It's like mascaras everywhere. There's a lot of snot. Um, and I start to look like a victim in a horror movie who may or may not be pregnant. <laughs> it wasn't pretty. So Alan stops me and he goes, Caitlin, we don't have to go to this party. And I was blown away. I was like, wait a second. You saw that I was uncomfortable, care about my feelings, and are willing to change a plan? <laughs> Let's get married! <laughs> oh my god! Um, and I was so enthralled. I was like, oh my god, we are definitely going to this party because I am showing you off, and we're going to joke about looking like Mr. T, and I'm going to have new sex in the city, friends, and it'll be great. So I redo my makeup, lots more mascara. We walk out, and it's a day 
where it starts raining just like today, you guys. The wind is sideways, the rain is up and down, and again, the mascara is everywhere. <laughs> and Alan and I look at each other and we're like, oh God, we're, we're not leaving, we're not leaving. Um, and we just start cracking up and I go home and I change out of my clothes, I put on Alan's favorite outfit, my pajamas, and we sit down and ha order some Chinese food, just like real New Yorkers. <laughs> he couldn't believe I hadn't watched The Big Lebowski, so we had to see it. Um, I fell asleep in the middle of it. Uh, those girls, and I never really ended up becoming great friends, they all left the city within six months. Alan and I have been in the city for 10 years, and we did get married, but I still can't use the bathroom around him. <laughs> Milady, thanks guys. <laughs> Thank you guys so much. That's a good ending. I know. Did you see? I was like, oh, I didn't hear that story before. I was really. No, we specifically left it so it'd be fresh. Yeah. I did happen to check my phone. It's sitting right here. And there's a lot of people using the hashtags. Yes. I want to remind you that we have the hashtag Pat and Jamie, which you can ask us questions through. Oh, yeah. And, and if, you, if you don't have, if you don't want to tweet, you can use one of these cards and, yeah. and write a question for the end of the show. We're going to take audience questions whatever. at the end, and you can ask us whatever you want. Well. Well, we get to choose whether yeah, we'll, or not we'll we're going to answer them. them. We'll filter them. <laughs> but you can ask whatever you want. <laughs> Our next guest is a, a familiar face. He plays Caputo, who, who's the prison administrator on Orange is the New Black. He's a guy who grew up in the Bronx, and he has seen a lot of changes in New York. One of those changes is the decline in the mafia. And I watched his new film the other night. He wrote it, he directed it, he stars in it. It's called The Wannabe. It debuted at Tribeca earlier this year, but its big release is coming up on December 4th. It's the story of a young man who admires the mafia and wants in. Yeah, he, he, he wants in. He's the wannabe. Here's a clip from The Wannabe. Where are you from? From the Bronx. The Bronx. Then what are you doing here? I'm celebrating. Celebrate? Yeah. Celebrate? No, no, no. This is a private block party. I was invited by Junior. Wait, wait, wait. wait. You saying you're with Junior? Am I stuttering? Hey, Are you hey, with hey, Junior? Hey, he's with, with me, me Jerry. He's with me. What do you mean? Here. You've got a problem with my friend? You go in the home club. You tell him he's with me. Move it. Yeah. <laughs> so what? You're just gonna stare at me all night? You want to split this? You're skinny. You gotta eat that. What's your name? Thomas. Thomas. It's yours. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Nick Sandow. The movie's set in 1992. That's right. It seems so long ago when you see that up on screen and see how New York has changed even in, in that many years. Yeah, it's not, it was not easy to find 1992 in New York City anymore. I mean, you have to, you have to go out in the boroughs. You have to go out in Brooklyn and Queens and, and the Bronx. You can still find it, but 
It's not that easy. Anything in particular that you were looking for that was a frozen in time piece of uh, New York? Well, the mob, uh, Italian social clubs are... Italian social clubs! <laughs> that was totally, totally a slip. I'm gonna get... Cheese. <laughs> yeah, I mean, well, Italian social clubs are just so particular to New York and the outer boroughs, and they have not changed at all. And if they have, it doesn't matter. <laughs> you told me you shot in almost all five boroughs. Yeah, we did. We shot... Well, we didn't, uh, poor Staten Island, we didn't, yeah, we, <laughs> <laughs> we, uh, we, we didn't make it out to Staten Island. Uh, yeah, we shot up in the Bronx, we shot up in the courthouse up in the Bronx, uh, by Yankee Stadium, we shot out in Bay Ridge, uh, out in Queens, yeah, we were all over the place. Patricia Arquette was fantastic. Yeah. I was, I was just watching her backstage. She's just unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. She totally transformed into that character. She really did. It's funny because that scene, we shot like on the third day or fourth day, we shot that block party. Oh my God, what, that's a story too. Uh, but in that scene, it was the I remember in the edit, I could see that was the day like she really dropped into the character. Like she, she does something in that scene. I was like, I was watching it. I was like, yeah, she's... She's it now. She's got it. Mm -hmm. I knew she had it from then on. We shot that uh, out in Bay Ridge, and we were shooting a block party. And, you know, the police come, and they, they shut off the blocks. And um, our contact with the New York City police uh, decided to not shut the streets, so we had to run cars through our block party. Every time I called cut, I had to run cars through. I mean, we were in the middle of Bay Ridge. There was no, he just, that's what he wanted to do. So, so, so when you, <laughs> so I stopped you yelling, cut. when you yell cut, all of a sudden, uh, I had to had run cars 2014 through. 2014 SUVs driving through. Yeah, and exactly, <laughs> exactly. I stopped calling cut, I just stopped. <laughs> well, I was gonna say, otherwise it could take you days once you, if you it was, to let traffic through. Yeah, that day was a big one. It was big and long and lots of people, yeah. What do you miss about New York in 1992? Uh, it's funny, I'm just going to say I don't like to look back and I make a movie that took place <laughs> in 1992, but I, when I moved from the Bronx into uh, Manhattan, I was living in Tribeca, and it, I was sort of on the, it was sort of on the edge, it was nowhere, you know, and when I went out to Brooklyn, I, I felt still again on the edge, and then there's no more edges, I don't know where to go, I'm going to fall off the edge. <laughs> there's no more edges in New York. Yeah. I missed the $1 subway token. Oh, yeah. Wasn't it about a dollar then? You, you, in 1992? I was like in fifth grade. All right. <laughs> <laughs> the, uh, the Vincent Piazza character, th this is a guy who's trying to be something that he's not. There are, there are a lot of people in New York trying to be something that they're not. Yeah, certainly. This guy is like delusional a little bit, though. He certainly is. Yeah, I mean, he's, de I mean, he's desperate. He, he is... He just wants to be a part of it so badly. So bad, desperately. He wants to be something he's not. I mean, I, I spent 25 years, I made my career about being somebody I'm not. <laughs> so I, I relate to that desire. Well, speaking of, people, everyone here knows and loves you as Caputo uh -huh. on Orange is the New Black. <laughs> and so today you started shooting. Episode 13. Yeah. Of season. Probably, they're probably not allowed to say that. You're not oh. allowed to say anything. Okay. Yes, episode <laughs> <laughs> of, the, of the fourth season, yeah. 
We're so wrapping it up. We're close. Run us back like, like it was August 2011 when Lionsgate said that they were going to cast a series called Orange is the New Black. Yeah. Mm. This is before House of Cards was on Netflix yeah. and everybody knew that there was original programming on Netflix. When somebody came to you and said, we want you to star in a Netflix show, did you even understand what that was? That no. this was going to be a big thing in television? I, I had no idea. I don't think any of us really had an idea. I got the script. I was only supposed to do maybe two or three of them, episodes. Hmm. I was, so I wasn't even cast as a regular the first two seasons. But I wound up doing every show. Um, and I got the script, and they said, oh, you'll, you'll be making this amount of money. And I said, no, really? <laughs> not that, it can't be, right? Uh, and they said, no, yeah, it's not, it's not really that great. It's Netflix. And, I, <laughs> and I, I read the script, and I just was like, this script is amazing. I'll do it. And for me, that meant it was not going to go anywhere. Because whenever I'm passionately in love with you know, mm -hmm. uh, something, I read something, I'm like, you know, like eight people see it. So I was totally wrong. I had no idea. I don't think any of us did. Well, and also at the time, I don't want to say that, I feel like a lot of these actors, we first know them now right. as from Orange yeah. is the New yeah. Black. So there's no main A-list star that you can sort of hook onto and say, well, that person's in it, so right. we're good. Right, right on. I mean, and I think that must have been the plan early on. I mean, even the way they sort of shifted the focus of the show, you know, they. You know, Genji talks about uh, the Piper character being the Trojan horse, you know, that sort of lets people into the show. And boy, did she, what has come out of that horse has just been unbelievable. <laughs> We've been talking, we talked about that a lot, my husband and I, when we were watching it, that the first season was all Piper and everything led back to Piper, but now there are so many major storylines that happen that have nothing to do with her. Yeah. Yeah, it's pretty amazing. She, I, she knew what she had. She knew what she can, as a storyteller, what she can get away with, and she just moved focus where she and she moves it where she wants to. She's unbelievable. Yeah. Can you tell us anything about the new season? <laughs> I can say that it's good you, TV. It, yeah. It, I knew that he was going to tell us something I'm good. Sorry. No, really, I could say that you know we. Um, they moved us into the drama category. Uh, we were up for first comedy. season, we were up for comedy, and then set, uh, last this season, we were up for drama. I think I think we uh, Genji may have her drama Emmy this season. It's mm. really powerful. It's really strong, and it's unflinching. I, yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty great. Yeah. Well, we're excited about it. Yeah, I, I am. You can tell I am. I'm, I'm blown away. I mean, this last three scripts, 11, 12, and 13, I'm like, whoa. I mean, pe the, people have to watch them together. They're just unbelievable. Well, we do. We binge like yeah, 13 <laughs> hours at a time. Nobody watches just one, right? It's that like countdown, that six seconds where you look at your girlfriend or boyfriend and like, all right, one more. One more. We'll, 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 <laughs> and then on the weekend when a Netflix series releases, you will have people who are on Twitter and, and literally it's 13 hours to the minute after it released that they've, they've announced that they've watched all the episodes. Oh, yeah. It's unbelievable. That's commitment. Yeah. It is commitment. And then if you run into that person 
in a coffee shop. Oh, don't talk to me. After Do not talk to me. Like two, they've been watching for like 24 hours straight and they see you in a coffee shop. <gasps> they, you know, they just, <laughs> I, it's just, I think people are affected differently when they're sitting home watching six, eight, <laughs> ten hours. Yeah. And then, you know, I just think it affects people in a different way. <laughs> Nick, you told Jamie earlier that you love the subway system. What does that mean? <laughs> what does it mean? I know everybody thinks I'm crazy for that. I, I just have a real passion for the subway. Now it's become a bit of a circus. I mean, it's a little bit crazy now it, because of the show. It's become. Uh, you can't ride the subway without people. Yeah, freaking I mean, out about you. I still do. I'm committed to it because I really love it. I, I, I just, I feel really at ease on the subway. It's like meditation for me, and I love being around. I know it's absurd. Well, as much as there are delays and problems, et cetera, et cetera, yes. I always say that it is a small miracle every time you right. get on and for 275, <laughs> you, you are transported Amazing. to sometimes another universe. It's unbelievable. I mean, the people just, I mean, every shape, size, color, you know, you got rich people, poor people. It's all in one box in the city. It's, it's just unbelievable. I love it so much. I, I told that I mentioned to you. I was away. I was in, oh, yeah, this is uh, I was in Vancouver doing a, a, a film, and I was away for about a month and a half. I'm in New York. I've always lived here. So I'm just passionate about the city. It's a great love of my life. And I was missing home, obviously. <laughs> and they, uh, I was watching a documentary. And they were interviewing somebody on the subway, and I welled up. <laughs> I swear to God. And it wasn't the content of the, the documentary. I, You're like, oh my God, I miss Showtime. Oh my God, I welled up on the subway. Yeah, about the subway. It's absurd. Well, have you been to either of the new, new-ish, I guess now, the Fulton Center stop? Nope. No, it's not it. my stop. What, what am I doing? I'm going to go to... Why am Sub I going subway to... Subway tourism. Right. <laughs> I mean, I love the subway, but I'm not a tourist. I, I mean, I go where I'm going to go. We went... I went the day that the Hudson Yards station opened. Yeah, but you're the traffic reporter. <laughs> yeah, but if you love the... Thank you. If, but if you love the subway, it is a beautiful station. I, you should I'm go gonna, see it. I'm going to go, yes. Yeah. All right. I will. I will go. You can go, Nick, you can go right now. <laughs> I'll go uh, see you guys. <laughs> upon the conclusion of, uh, of your visit to us, thank, thank you for coming in tonight. Hey, thank you. It was great. A lot of fun. Uh, the Wannabe, thank December you. 4th in theater. Thank you. Nick Sandow, thank, you. thank you. Appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks for all your help. Thank you, thank you so much. Bye-bye. <laughs>
at the same time that they're drinking. They are dead serious no, about the trivia. No, they're very, very serious about the And trivia. the questions are hard. We should be clear. Not these as much, but the ones at your trivia nights, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so we wanted to bring a bit of that energy to this show, and we have a six-set question series all about New York City. Are you ready for this? Okay, so, so we're going to play World Series of Pop Culture Rules, uh, which is... I ask the question to one of you, if the other doesn't, uh, if you don't get the answer, the other gets a chance to jump in and try to answer the question. Ilana, you will go first. <laughs> These are all questions about television programs set in New York City. Ilana, what fictional New York City newspaper did Carrie Bradshaw write for on Sex in the City? New York Star? Is Woo! correct, yes. Good for you. That was hard. Ilana's up one to nothing. Did you know that? I, I, I actually didn't. Are I you too, too young for Sex in the City? I saw, no! <laughs> Christina, your question two. Upon its finale in 2007, what show set in New York City became the last live-action sitcom that premiered in the 90s to end its run? It premiered in the 90s. It lasted longer than any other live-action sitcom from the 90s and was set in New York. Would you like to guess? Tell me. <laughs> tell me. No, don't tell her. I don't Time's know. up. Ilana, can you steal? Yeah. Was it Law and Order? It was not Law and Order. Oh. It was the King of Queens. Live action sitcom, you, you know, a shot before I, studio audience. I know, audience. I do think that was like a little bit of a trick question. Okay, you're not allowed to question the wording of the questions. <laughs> you're on my team, Jamie Stelter. Uh, Ilana, this is uh, for you to take a 2 nothing lead. On the show Seinfeld, who said, these latkes are going like hotcakes? Latkes. Latkes? <laughs> these latkes. George? Incorrect. <laughs> Christina, who said these latkes are going like hotcakes? Kramer? Kramer's correct. We are tied at one. Tied at one with three questions to go. Christina, this is your question. On the show Seinfeld, who said, you can stuff all your stories in a sack, mister? George. Correct, it is George. <laughs> nice. Christina's up two to one. Ilana, your final question. On the air from 1999 to 2005, what NBC drama portrayed the lives of New York City emergency responders working at a fictional precinct during the 3 p.m. to 11 p.m. shift? 1995 till? Uh, uh, 1999 to 2000, an NBC drama. NYPD Blue? Incorrect. For the steal and the win, Christina? Um, help? <laughs> I don't know. It was third watch. Two to one, one question remaining. Christina, you have a commanding lead. <laughs> With a correct answer, Christina, you will lock this up and take the grand prize. Question six, what was the very first of the Law and Order spin-offs? Um, SVU. 
SVU is correct for the win. Christina, you are our grand prize winner. A three-month membership to the May Center here at the 92nd Street Y. All, all the fitness you can jam into three months. And Ilana, we have a prize for you as well, also courtesy of the 92nd Street Y. Uh, 92Y has two tickets to an upcoming show. There are so many to choose from. Zach Posen's on the calendar coming up. Malcolm Gladwell's on the calendar coming up. Uh, there it is, yes. Stacey London. Apparently, that's how she'll use her prize. Round of applause for Christina and Alana. Thank you. Selected. Did you check the hashtag? I did. Okay. You got questions? Yeah. The final act of our our show is question We have question some good and questions. Some Should of I them vet are these, easier. or they're okay? Well, I just vetted them. I know, but I'm. Nervous when you get to vet them and I don't. I'm used to being in the big box and you're in the little box on TV. Oh. Thank you. Thank you. Ahem. Well, because then I get to decide when we're done talking. I'll do whatever you want, Jim. Pat, question one. Do you... Do you wear pants while you sit at the desk? <laughs> yeah. This is as casual as I ever get. I'll, like, I'll wear a cotton pants sometimes, but usually... I was, you're like, I would say 98% of the time full, in a full, full suit. suit. Yeah. You know, I'm, I'm terrified, the one who's... I'm terrified that something big is going to happen, and then the mayor is going to end up next to me, and I'll have shorts on. It's true. I'm actually the one who wears... Sneakers well, and Birkenstocks and... Your footwear is almost inexcusable. Huh? Yeah. Because <laughs> you get the impression that Jamie's all done up, but it's only from here up. And it's... That's all you see of me in I my know. little box. I know, but I could... <laughs> Next. Um, I like this one for Pat. You are on jury duty. If your jury duty experience this week was a New York Post headline, what would it be? Gotta, you can't legally say no, much. No, I gotta tread. I gotta tread really carefully because I can't talk about anything really. As I said, it is it is a slice of every bit of New York City. But I need to now. I need to come up with a pun that doesn't break my clause of confidentiality. Okay, go to the next one. I'm working on this one. Okay. Someone asked, is the morning show live? It loops every 30 minutes. <laughs> and I know that our boss is here, <laughs> and he told me he was gonna heckle me about this, but our traffic tosses and our, my traffic reports are always live. So if you tune in at 08 and 38 past the hour, you are always getting live updates. What do you mean by that? They're asking, is the morning show live? Oh, even if there's Parts a, of it yes, are even live. if there's a portion of it that's, that's taped, the, the traffic will never be right. previously recorded. Right. So that's what I'm saying. Someone asks, is the morning show live? And my answer is, the traffic is always live. Right. Oh. Do you see what I mean? <laughs> so you've basically hung me out to dry. <laughs> Pat's always giving you the most up-to-date headlines on New York One. <laughs> No, the theory behind New York One, and this isn't a well-kept secret, right. that, is that 
if, say I'm reading the intro to George Whipple's story about the party he attended the night before. Right. If I, if I read that at 5.54 a.m. Right, an evergreen story like that is not changing. I don't, I don't need to read that again at 9.54 a.m. They will right. pull that back from the video server and give me a little break because I'm right. up there for a long time. You poor thing, all by yourself in your big box. So here's my New York Post headline. Oh. From the big box to the jury box. Good one. Good one. That was good on the spot. Two more questions, okay. I guess. How does a Canadian become the voice that wakes up New York City? <laughs> what brought you here? What keeps you here? Besides me. Our boss, Steve Paulus. I added that the, part. Our boss, Steve Paulus, is in the audience. I know. He was the one who tapped me on the shoulder and said, do you want to be the morning anchor? It was a, it was a nice moment. So I came to New York for another job at Time Warner. Okay. And, and I was here for just long enough that I was sort of barely qualified as a New Yorker when I joined New York One. Because you can't, you can't just come in from Canada and jump into New York One. No. We're all New York all the time. Like, that'd be like coming in from Philadelphia and all of a sudden being in New York. <laughs> I, but I firmly... Can you not... You, do you have to be born in New York to be a New Yorker? Oh. Oh. <laughs> wow. Okay, wait, wait. Can, can you... Let me ask the question the other way. Can you be from somewhere else, be born somewhere else, move to New York and consider yourself a New Yorker. Thank you. Yes. <laughs> you said you have one more? I consider myself a New Yorker. I've been here for 10 years. This is where I live. This is where I work. Oh, wow, no. <laughs> hey, talk to me in another 10 years, Jamie. <laughs> um, well, this will lead us out. We're going to talk about when the next Someone said, are there going to be more Pat and Jamie's New York? Mm -hmm. The answer is yes. And we're going to tell you, we'll tell you all the details of that in a moment. But I actually wanted to take a moment first and talk about someone's very special day tomorrow. If you didn't know already, it is somebody's birthday. <laughs> Vice President Joe Biden. <laughs> So you should wish him happy birthday on Twitter. <laughs> but in person, it is Pat Kiernan's birthday tomorrow. Huh. So I thought we could all join in and sing happy birthday. Thank you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. I actually meant to get a cupcake or a cake or something, but like it was raining, I was stuck in traffic, and I was like, hey. So I got nothing? You got a snack. We can go get a cupcake after. Aw. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for coming out, everybody. Good to be here with you. That was Pat and Jamie's New York. That was Pat and Jamie's New York. Yeah, that was Pat and Jamie's New York. That was Pat and Jamie's New York. Yeah. Ooh, thanks for stopping in.
to see us and tell your friends, oh, Pat and Jamie's New York, yeah. All right, that was the end of the November 19th live stage show at 92i. And we have another one coming up in January. Yeah, so if you haven't got tickets, you can buy them online at the 92nd Street Y website. That is January 28th. And, and we'll be back between now and then with more on the podcast. Yeah, you can check out podcasts. And we have some blog updates. And when we have guests for our January show, which we're working on and I'm excited about, then we'll post all that on our website, patandjamie.com. Uh, signing off for this edition of our new and noteworthy podcast. I'm Pat Kiernan with Jamie Stelter. Have a nice day.